All right, back again for a Cash Betty podcast. Tonight we'll be talking about the San Diego Padres as they have completed their first seven games of the season. I'm going to get into the Tatis injury. I'm going to talk a little Dean Spanos and the troubles that he's having up in L.A. And I'm going to get into the NFL draft as we're approaching about three weeks away from the draft. So let's get into Fernando Tatis. Let's start with him and his injury. When it first happened, I was like, oh, shit. He's probably going to be out for a couple months because it looked really painful. And then you're seeing reports that if he needs surgery, it's going to be he's going to be out for the season. And I got really worried. I'm still worried as of today, but not as bad because it sounds like he's going to push through it. What pisses me off, though, is Padre Twitter that's just like, oh, you should get the surgery. We know more than... The Padres doctors, we know more than real doctors that are on Twitter. We know more than everyone. Padre Twitter thinks they know everything about everything. And I'm getting really sick and tired. And if you disagree with them on it, you're wrong. They can never be wrong. You're always wrong. You're a piece of shit. If you disagree with us, you're probably a racist, all that bullshit. I'm getting really tired of it. But, I mean, here's the whole thing. Basically, what the Padres are doing is it doesn't sound like he can he can get the injury much worse, and it's not going to be career-threatening. Now, there, I've seen some doctors that are like, it could get worse, and it, it will hurt him a little bit more down the road. Okay. I mean, that's the worst-case scenario. But here's the thing. If he re-enters it, let's say, in June, and he gets, he gets the surgery, I mean, six, he'll be fine for opening day. You know, spring training, he'll be fine for opening day in spring training by 2022. If at the latest, the Padres make the World Series and he gets in in November, all he would miss is April and then probably a little bit of May, maybe all of May, because, you know, from November to April, six months. And then, obviously, without a spring training, he's going to need to get ready, you know, his timing, swing and everything, probably probably need a month down in the minors or whatever, and just to get his timing there, probably two weeks even. And he, so he would be back maybe May 15th or June 1st at the latest. So if you're going to risk, of course I would rather him risk that, play in the playoffs, and then miss two months of next year's, you know, regular season, which the team's going to be loaded next year. And I'll get into that a little bit. Just their starting pitching is just absolutely going to be loaded. So I'm willing to take that risk as long as it's not going to, you know, affect him in his career. But Padre Twitter just knows more than everyone, even though they haven't seen the MRI. So I don't know how any doctor who hasn't seen the MRI can say what the Padre should or shouldn't be doing. But I've seen a lot of guys that are doctors, you know, not Padre Twitter doctors, but real doctors that said basically they dodged the bullet as of now, but most likely he's probably going to, you know, re-injure it, and he'll probably need the surgery. And that's what I think is going to happen. And what's going to happen is, let's say he re-injures it in June, July, whenever he does it, then Padre Twitter's going to be like, this is so stupid, he should have gotten the surgery in April. What's the difference? It's a six-month, you know, recovery time. What's the fucking difference? It's not a big deal. They're making a huge deal, and they think they know everything, and it pisses me off. It's it's really annoying, Padre Twitter, honestly. You got so many guys that just think they're better than everyone, and it's just dumb. But let's talk about, let's move on to the team. The team is now 4-3, and three, kind of struggling offensively. You know, 
you got a couple guys that are hitting pretty good. Cronenworth, uh, Hosmer looks good, and Myers. You know, those three guys are kind of pulling their weight. Uh, Machado's swinging it pretty good. He's just getting unlucky. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard, so I'm not really concerned on him. Um, Carantini's stepped up as a catcher. Kim looked a little overmatched, but it seems like he's starting to get more and more comfortable every at-bat. I kind of like what I'm seeing from Kim. Um, defensively, they've been terrible. Tatis had five errors in, like, what, four games for Tatis. He couldn't really hit. He hit one moonshot. But I think the five errors, you know, he was probably playing hurt. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, who else is making errors out there? Mateo dropped a home run today. Pretty much cost him the game. But I think Mateo, besides that, has looked pretty good. He struck out, too. With, you know, a guy at third in the bottom of the tenth with, you know, with only one out. You got to make contact there. But I, I like what I see on Mateo. I think fam's the, the huge question mark, and I think everyone will agree with, with me on that. His bat speed is terrible. He looks old. He just hasn't looked good since Tampa Bay gave him to us. Uh, it's pretty obvious Tampa Bay knew he was, I don't know, he was broken down, what have you, it seems, because we didn't give him that much. We gave him what, Xavier Edwards? I don't remember what else we gave him. We gave him Xavier Edwards, but we did get Cronenworth. So that was huge to get Cronenworth. But I, it seems like the fan part, we, we kind of, that's the part where Preller worries me on injuries is I don't feel like he does his homework enough on those things. But, you know, what else do we give him? Hunter Renfro maybe in that deal? I forget which one is for Pagan and which one is for uh, Fam and Cronenworth, what we gave up. But uh, who else in the lineup? You know, we need Trent Grisham back. I mean, he gives you a spark. He could steal bases, plays excellent defense, can hit for some power. I like to get Austin Nola in there. I mean, you got three starters basically have been out. I see people flipping out on Twitter. They're four and three. How could they only be four and three? They played two lousy teams. I don't think the Giants are that bad, you know. I mean, as the year goes on and their older players get hurt and kind of get aches and pains that's when they'll start struggling early in the season when they feel healthy and shit they'll be decent i mean they don't have that bad of a team i mean they don't have like a legit player in their lineup like at all but you know i mean they're decent and then arizona's got some decent players they got you know Marte always kills us i mean that's a that's a that's a stud i mean he's a premier player but Rest of the team's not that good. And then, you know, we got lucky. We didn't have to face Gallon. Gallon's really good. But, I mean, so, I mean, the, the offense is struggling. I think they'll start getting it going. You play April games in the Marine layer, ball dies. I will say, though, the baseball, it seems like it's, it's dying out there. Like, guys are hitting the ball to the warning track, and it just seems like it's dying. I don't know if it's the new baseballs. There's said they were going to play some new baseballs, and – Make it harder for you to hit home runs. And if that's going to be the case, that's fine. Um, the starting pitching has been fantastic. Darvish didn't pitch well the first game. He pitched really good his second game. Snell's looked really good. Uh, he's got 16 Ks and 92 thirds innings. The only thing with Snell is I wish he wouldn't try to strike everybody out so much and get a couple quick grounders. I mean, today he probably would have pitched six innings today if there wasn't the two errors because the two errors made him pitch to a couple more hitters and 
the pitch count kind of got up on him a little bit. So he had a chance to go six innings today. Um, Mateo catches that ball. I mean, he gives up zero runs. I mean, the ball was struck pretty well. I mean, it's not a routine catch, but Mateo should have caught that ball. Uh, Musgrove looked fantastic, and I think Musgrove is going to be really good. There were some, you know, analytic stuff that they said, you know, that he started, he was going to be much better. Um, What they saw, I don't know exactly, but... uh, I mean, he looks really good. He looks like his breaking ball is nasty. It looks like he's got a lot of pitches. Patrick's going to be a huge question mark. That's the only guy I feel nervous on for the starting pitching. Morahan's going to be fine. Um, but like I was saying, come next year, you're going to have a rotation of – this is why I think there's, they're loaded next year. You're going to have a rotation of Darvish, Snell, Lament if he's you know healthy, Clevenger, you know, he should be healthy. It's, it's going to be 18 months, you know, after his surgery, Tommy John. And then number five, you're going to have Musgrove. You're going to have Weathers, Gore, and Morahan backing up those guys. That's eight. I didn't count Paddock because I think they're going to flip Paddock. I think this is Paddock's last year. Unless he completely balls because he's only 25 years old. He'll be 26, and I think he'll have three years of control left. Some other team's going to want that. And you could probably get like an eighth inning, maybe even like a closer for him, like straight up, like some team like Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, something like that where they're a couple years away from even being decent, so they don't need like a reliever. Um, maybe even Milwaukee, like I don't know. Hater, I don't know if it would be straight up. You'd probably have to get more than that, but something like that where teams like, hey, we don't really need a good bullpen because we're not going to be that good. So why have a good bullpen? Let's take a young pitcher who still, you know, might have some upside. He's got three years of control, and let's give him, you know, a pretty good bullpen arm. Um, as far as the Padres bullpen is right now, I'm really excited for the Padres bullpen. The only two guys I'm worried about right now when they come in where you're like, oh, shit, is is Hill and Stammen. And Stammen, I feel like he has some value. Like, Padre Twitter just crushes him. And, and, like, I mean, he gives up gopher balls. That's the only thing. But he is useful in a season like this because he can give you a lot of innings. And you're going to need innings this year from a lot of guys. You're going to have to wear it in some of these games. Um because you can't have your pitchers pitch normal seasons. They just, when they only throw 60, 60 games last year, you know, that's like a little over a third of the season. You can't have guys just throw as many innings as, as a normal season. So you're going to have to cut back a little bit, probably like 25 innings from each guy from what they normally would throw. And you're going to have to find those innings. And a guy like Stammen who could go multiple innings, to me, he's got some value. But I just like using him in, in a game at 7-3 to three or, you know, 8-2 somewhere and use him for two, three innings and save the bullpen. I think Weathers looks fantastic. He just looks so poised. He looks so under control. He looks mature. He just looks like he belongs there. Um, uh, um He's just going to get better and better as he builds up his innings. Maybe next year they use him as a starter or a spot starter still. I like him right now in the bullpen. 
if we need a start from someone, you know, someone obviously someone's probably going to get hurt. You're not going to have five starting pitchers just cruise through the season. Then, you know, you could use him. I mean, his breaking ball is good. Fastball's got good life to it. There was that one year at the beginning of his his first year in low A when I was watching him, like the first five games, dude was pumping it like 94 to 97. I mean, he would just sit 94, 97, and then he got like arm fatigue or something, and it was down to 91, and Padre Twitter was like flipping out. And I was like, well, if it's not an injury and it's just fatigue, then it'll be fine. Well, now that he's back and he can pump at 97, 98, I mean – He's got a changeup, curveball. Like, he knows what he's doing out there. He looks really good. Like I said, he looks really poised. He looks mature. I like him. I like him going forward. Um, the two guys that really impressed me, and I didn't even know much about them, is Chris Matt and Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams' stuff looks fantastic. I mean, he is filthy. That ball is his fastball is moving 95, 96 with movement down. You know, it's got some sync to it. And then he's got that slider. Chris Matt looks like he knows what he's doing. Changing speeds, curveballs or or sliders, whatever, whatever off-speed pitches that he's throwing. So that's huge. Then you, you're going to put in, basically, Hill and Stamming can kick rocks when when you get Pierce Johnson and, and um, Austin Adams back. I mean, the bullpen is just going to be lights out. Pagan looks healthy. Last year, he did not look healthy, at least at the beginning of the season. At the end, he started looking healthy. Beginning of the season last year, he didn't have his control. And to me, I don't think he was healthy. I don't know what it was, but I assume that Tampa Bay knew that he was kind of banged up. But now he looks like the guy that I was expecting when we traded for him. He looks really healthy. He looks really good. His stuff, he's got pop on his fastball. He's got a good slider, and he's got control. That's the key. That's the key for all these guys, but, I mean, that's the key for Pagan. Pagan didn't really get hit last year that much. It's just he would walk someone and then occasionally give up a home run. It wasn't like, oh, he gave up like three hits in a row or three hits in an inning. It was just like you'd walk someone and then someone yank one out of the ballpark, and you're like, fuck, dude. But he looks really good. Melanson looks fantastic. Off-speed pitches. Um, it looks like he's definitely your closer. Pomeranz looks like Pomeranz. Everyone, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people cried when they signed him to a four-year. What did they sign him for? For like 31 or something? Um, I mean, that, that deal looks fantastic. Perler does a really good job of you know, finding arms in the bullpen. Like Taylor Williams, finding that, and Chris Matt. I mean, it's only a few times for the, them, but those look like great finds. Pierce Johnson last year was a was a great find. Uh, you know in that Seattle deal, he was like, no, I'm not doing this deal until you throw in Austin Adams. I think Austin Adams is going to be fine for us. So we're looking really good pitching-wise, and as long as your pitching's good, you're going to have a good ball club because – Eventually, the bats will come around. Um, Hosmer's hitting the ball pretty good, although lately, I think the last like two or three games, he hasn't really done much. But he always hits you know, with runners in scoring position. Of course, Padre Twitter says that doesn't matter. Being clutch and getting RBIs. RBIs doesn't matter, Craig. It's okay. Two out RBIs, you know, that doesn't matter. I mean, a single's a single. He didn't put the guys on base. Oh, okay. I mean, if you want to judge a game like that and have your – 
war, your WRC plus and your X WOBA and your other WOBA and you know, your B war and F war and Q war and R war. I mean, whatever. I don't fucking care, but I don't see how you could watch the games and go, you know what? Guys are on base. I don't want Hosmer up. Like who else would you rather have than Hosmer coming up with runners on? I'd rather have Hosmer than anyone on the goddamn team. He always finds a way to get a hit. It seems like, you know, he's, it's been since we got him. It's been like, this is his fourth year. He's always hit with runners in scoring position. The first year we got him, he didn't hit with runners in scoring position because he was never up with runners in scoring position because the team sucked. Then the second year he did it, and everyone's like, well, it's a fluke. That's not a year-to-year thing. Then the third year he does it, and then this year to start, he's already doing it again. But, oh, it's a fluke, and blah, 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 and look at his war. Whatever. I, I could care less about that shit. But if you want to judge it that way, judge it that way. So the bottom line is, you know, they got they're going to Texas, you know, and they're going to uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, I think it's seven games that they're playing between those two. I mean, they should go six and one. They they should take care of business. Paddock is always a concern when he pitches, but I feel like this bullpen is really strong. I feel like the hitters will start hitting. You know, obviously if Tatis is going to miss, you almost got to. Look at the team without Tatis. I still think they'll make the playoffs. Like, I think they'll be a wild card team. Because I think Tatis will eventually get hurt and be out for the season. Um, and then you just, I, I think you just come back next year and you got that pitching staff that I was talking about at the front of the rotation and eight, eight pitchers, you know. Uh, CJ Abrams probably is up next year. It's probably playing center field. You know, you're going to put Grisham in right and Myers in left. You don't have, you know, Fam will be gone. You know, Cronenworth and Kim can play a lot of positions. I mean, you're going to be really good next year. Austin, uh, Nola, and Camposuono. So you're going to have catching depth. You know, I mean, but if you look at what Preller's done over the years, he's gotten a lot of depth, a lot of key pieces. I mean, I think this is this isn't just this year. Like, let's say Tatis out for the year and they get a couple more injuries and it just doesn't work out this year. Like I hate to say it, like it sucks because we've been waiting for so long, but if that if if we just get screwed on injuries this year, you know, I wouldn't like be like, oh my God, you know, I'm not gonna be like Dave Palais and what was it like a year ago? Oh, you, you should fire Preller. Like get the fuck out of here, dude. And that's another thing I want to change topics and go to Dean Spanos. I like Palais. I got his number. I bullshit with him all the time. Or not all the time, but every once in a while. And look, I mean, he's not, he's just playing like on Twitter, like it's a bit, like whatever. But he was serious about Dean Spanos. At least I think he was. When he said, he's going to triple the franchise, Greg. He's going to triple the franchise. It was Dave Palais said it. Uh, Jason Lockenfora and what was the other guy? Jason Cole would come on San Diego Sports Talk Radio all the time for like ten for like five years. They come on all the time, and they had threatened, you know, the San Diego audience. Oh, Dean's leaving. Dean's leaving. You got to build him a stadium. You you got to do this. You got to do that. How many fucking steak dinners did both of those Jason guys, Cole and Lockenfora, get from Dean Spanos? Because those guys would just make up every fucking excuse for Dean and how it's San Diego's fault for everything and poor Dean, this and that. 
Dean Spanos fucking sucks. He is the worst goddamn owner in probably all of sports. He is awful. Awful. He couldn't make one fucking nickel. He was born on 30, sitting on first base. What a fucking joke he is. And I think everyone now is seeing how big of a joke he was. He always could just use the card before when he was in San Diego, say, put up his hands and go, hey, man, they couldn't give me a stadium. What can I do? They couldn't help me out. Why is it on us to help you out, dude? You're an owner of an NFL franchise. You couldn't do it yourself or at least put down big-time money. And every time I see people, who well, he was going to put down big-time bullshit. He didn't even have any money to put down. And at least that I heard, I, I didn't hear the podcast, but uh, uh, someone was telling me that Palais was like, well, he doesn't have any money. I'm like, no shit he doesn't. You finally admit that? Oh, we've been saying that for years. Bullshit, you were saying that for years. You, were, you and um, Dotson were always blaming San Diego. Like, hey, he's going to leave you. He's going to L.A. He's going to say bye. He's in San Diego. Well, great. He left. And look who's fucking looks like the biggest piece of shit now. He's a joke. He can't make any money. That, and that's what pisses me off about the NFL or what they did. Why is it that San Diego got screwed because we had a shitty owner? Look at the Aztecs. The Aztecs are going to get a stadium, and you can say, well, the Aztecs suck. Who fucking cares? They got a stadium, right? Padres got a stadium. Who's the only one who didn't get a stadium? Dean didn't. He fucking didn't want to, you know, I, I'm sure our politicians suck. I mean, most politicians, I would say probably 99.9% of politicians suck, and it might be 100% on politicians. I don't know. But, I mean, he. I don't think he ever... Like, when you go to the table, if you got no money and you got nothing to offer, I guarantee the city was like, oh, what the fuck? What do you want us to do? Just build the whole thing for ourselves? You know, he wanted everything. Oh, I want it. Then they were, like, negotiating in, you know, uh, this place or that place. And then when they would negotiate, the last minute, he'd be like, no, I want it in downtown. And I want this, this, and this. Like, dude, go fuck yourself. And then, oh, I got I got land with the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders. He had to. That was the whole thing. He had to go with somebody else because he couldn't do it by himself. He couldn't. He He's never he's never made any money by himself. So he had to go in with somebody else. That was, uh, that was the whole thing when I used to argue with people. I'm like, where is he going to go? He's going to go to L.A. I was like, how? Well, he's, he's going to go to L.A. I mean, they're not building it down here. They'll build it up there. I'm like. They're not going to just give him land, have him have him have, pay for a stadium, and him just go. Okay, cool. This is what I wanted. He didn't have money to buy land. He didn't have money to buy a stadium in L.A. And everyone was like, "Well, he's going to L.A." Okay. And then and then I saw some people like, "Well, if Charger fans would have supported the team, get the fuck out of here." San Diego supported that team, and that organization for most years sucked. They were fucking awful for most years. First time they were good in my era, I was born in 81. First time they were good, you know, that I can remember was 1992. You know, you, I went to the Kansas City Chiefs playoff game in the rain. That was fun. Marion Butts had the big run, touchdown. So from 92 to 95, they were pretty good. 94, they go to the Super Bowl. They're really, you know, I mean, they weren't like a great team, but they went to the Super Bowl that year. So from that little area, they were good. Then from like 96 to like until they drafted Tomlinson and Breeze, I don't know what year that was, around 2000, 
2002, I believe. They were awful. So from 96 to 92, they were like one of the worst run organizations or one of the worst teams. Then from 2002 and 2003, they sucked, but you were building something with Breeze and Tomlinson. Then from 2004 to about 2013, they were legit. They were really good. And they should have won a Super Bowl, but, you know, you got an owner that didn't let or couldn't figure it out between Marty and A.J. Smith, you know. You look at you look at the Lakers owner, um, he's really good. He's got rings. Kobe and Shaq, you know, those guys were buttonhead for years. They figured it out, and then what? When finally they couldn't figure, you know, their buttonheads for so long, what do you do? He let Shaq go. Well, Shaq was out of his prime. When he was in his prime, he kept him. He figured it out. As an owner, he was like, Jerry Buss was like, no, we're going to win some titles. And then, you know, when enough's enough and you're not good enough for all this beef, then I'll let you go. So he traded him. And he kept the right guy. He kept Kobe. Even though I can't stand Kobe, I hate the NBA and everything, but he kept the right guy, right? I mean, he went on to win a couple more titles with Kobe, Paul Gasol, and what have you. But our owner... Couldn't figure out Marty Schoenheimer and A.J. Smith. You have your best general manager you've ever had, and you have your best head coach you've ever had. Even though Marty Schoenheimer wasn't that great of a coach. Well, Bobby Ross is probably a better coach. But Schoenheimer, you just go 14-2, and two, and what does he do? He fires Marty, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, after the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was after the Super Bowl. I think it was, like, in the middle of February or the end of February. And then was stuck and was like, well, what do I do now? I don't have a plan B. Yeah, no shit you don't have a plan B because you never have a plan B because you, you don't know anything. You don't know how to run an organization. Then he hires a guy who did a face plant into a pineapple in North Turner who previously had been a head coach for the Raiders and Redskins and, and sucked, and then everything just declined from there. I mean, they had such a great roster that, yeah, they made the AFC Championship game with North Turner first year he was there, but that, that's just because the roster was just so loaded, um, loaded, you know. I think Dell Harris won an NBA title with the Lakers. I mean, it doesn't mean he was a good coach. And then it just went to shits after that. But you had a great general manager, you fucked up, and then you kept crying after that era, you know, and was like, oh, well, I'm going to move. Okay, move. Now you're fucking in debt for over $300 million. At least that's what his sister says. And I believe every single thing. I believe that. Because how's he going to make money? He couldn't even sell out a fucking soccer stadium. A soccer stadium he couldn't sell out. You think he's going to sell out a real stadium with 60,000, 70,000 people? He's not. Even the And then you get the pandemic, you get no fans. And he doesn't have enough equity. He, he ain't making no money. So he's just building debt, 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 debt. And anyone that owns a business, my father owns a business, he says the first year is the most crucial year. And the first year that he could have into that stadium, he got no fans. He got, so he's fucked. And I'm loving every second of it. Every single second of it, I am loving it. Because all those fucking people that told us, from the Jason Coles, the Dave Palais, the Jason Lockett they all made fun of San Diego, and they all, you know, we're kissing Dean Spanos' ass, and Pelé will be like, no, I wasn't kicking his ass. Well, you know what? You made San Diego look bad. You made them look like they were the problem. Well, we all know now it's obvious who the problem was. It was Dean Spanos the whole time. 
And I don't understand why the NFL just said, okay, well, you could go to L.A. Why? Why did you reward him to go to L.A.? What is he paying? Like a, a dollar, you know, you know, to his renter? And you know Cronky wants him out of there. But I'll tell you what's going to happen is Balmer or someone rich is going to buy buy him out and 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 people are like, oh, he's going to sell the team for so much. Bullshit, he's going to sell the team for so much. If people know that you can't afford it, why would it, why would someone buy it, uh, pay more for it? It's like when you can't afford your house, you know? So you put your house up. If everyone knows you can't make the payments and you need to sell it as soon as possible, they're going to lowball your ass. They're absolutely going to lowball your ass. He's fucked. He's absolutely fucked, and I'm loving every second of it. He's a joke. He was always a joke. He fucked us over. We, should, we, won, we probably would have won a Super Bowl if he was a halfway decent owner. Um, he could have figured it out with A.J. Smith and Marty. He should have said, this is my chance to win a Super Bowl, but he didn't. And then he never wanted to pay for head coaches. He always wanted to go the cheap route. He always had the worst training staff. He always had more injuries. I remember, God, I first got married to my wife. Like you go to like, you know, you you go to like a barbecue like in the, in the in the summer, right? And then you check Twitter, and it'd be like, oh, at at um, OTAs, uh, one of the Chargers was, you know, jogging and he tore his ACL. Oh, okay, cool. There's a starter he's out for the year, and this would always be like in June, you know. And then another guy, uh, he's he's got a torn liberum somewhere or something, and he's out for the season. I mean, you had so many injuries before the season would start because they don't pay for real trainers and real doctors because he's a cheap one, you know. And you just thought you could see it. He's just he's terrible. Um, every year they they would have talent, but they wouldn't just have a real run organization to put them over the top, and. Until Dean leaves, then the Chargers will always will always suck. It starts with the owner, man. I mean, look at the Padres now. Peter Seidler and um, Fowler did Fowler did pretty good, but Seidler's gonna, you know, he's gonna put us over the top, in my opinion. I mean, we're already got the best roster that I've ever seen on the Padres. Ninety eight team was pretty loaded, but this team is this team's got a lot of fucking depth in it. You knew in 98 it was a one-year thing. With the Padres, I mean, this is just the beginning. This is going to be a three-, five-year run. And then with Preller and all the rip-offs that he makes on trades and the way he's able to draft players, you know, um, I, I think it's going to last a long time. I think we're going to be looking at, you know, like the 90s Braves where you just, you know, it's going to be hard to beat the Dodgers. I mean, they're loaded too, but we're going to consistently be winning 95 games, I think, for the next couple of years, and then after that, we'll see. But see if he can maintain it. But I'm pretty confident he can because it starts with the owner. It starts with the ownership. It starts with your general manager. You know, it starts up top. AJ Smith was a hell of a general manager. I don't care what anyone says. You could say, "Oh, he's a dick to the players." This and that. Whatever. You've never ever seen more talent on a Charger rosters than AJ Smith's Chargers. That, that 2016, I think it had 11 or 13 Pro Bowlers. I mean, you had the best defensive player in Merriman. You had the best run stopper in Jamal Williams. You had the best offense, the two best offensive players in the league that weren't quarterbacks, in Gates and Tomlinson. You had the best offensive line in football. You know? 
uh, Vincent Jackson, you, you had Chris Chambers, you had, I mean, the team was just, just look at the running backs that they had. They had Sproles, Michael Turner, and LT. That's like a college football team, like at Alabama, where you got the, you know, Heisman Trophy winner at running back, and then the guy behind him is a five-star freshman, and the other guy is a five-star junior that, you know, I mean, he's just loaded. Every year they were loaded. You come in, but you come into the offseason, and it used to piss me off were injuries, and you'd be like, okay, cool, because you knew they weren't paying for top-notch training staff because Dean's cheap and doesn't have the fucking money because he doesn't know how to make a dollar. He pissed off the fans, and he could go fuck himself in L.A. I'm glad this didn't work. I'm glad he's going to have to sell, and everybody, ah, oh, he tripled the franchise. He's going to triple the franchise the minute he goes up there. <laughs> you, could take, you could take your business from San Diego, wherever, whatever you got. You got a local, you know, ice cream shop. Oh, I'm going to go to L.A., dude. The population up there is, if your ice cream sucks, they ain't going to fucking come, dude. L.A. is, is for the Raiders. They'll go for the Rams because the Rams used to be there. But they ain't going to go for the Rams because the Rams suck. They ain't, they ain't showing up. It's a fair-weather town. They ain't showing up, dude. They don't give a fuck about the Rams. If they're winning, they'll pretend like they care. But they don't give a fuck. They would care about the Raiders even if they were losing, going, you know, 6-10 and 10 or 6-11. and 11. Now you got to say because it's 17 games. Then they would care. But the Chargers, they ain't going to fucking care. Even if they win the Super Bowl, they'll be like, okay, I'll well, see if you can do it again. You're going to have to win like three Super Bowls for them to be like, okay, now I'm a Charger fan. And you just don't have generation after generation of being like, hey, I'm going to be a Charger fan. That's the, that's how you build a fan base is you got the old man and he's got his kids, boy or girl, whatever. And he's, you know, the daughter's son are watching games with their old man and they're saying, oh, well, I like the Chargers. So then when those two kids have families – they watch the Charger games, and then you just keep building it like that. He fucking left and went to Sandy or went to L.A. All those people that were Charger fans, I'd say about 75% of them just said, well, I'm not a fan anymore. So he's not building generation after generation of a fan base. He's fucked, and I'm loving it. So he could kiss my ass. Pally and Jeff Donson talking about San Diego sucks, and, oh, he's going to, I love L.A. He used to always say that. I love L.A. Oh, okay. Well, good luck over there, buddy. Good luck, dude. Good luck being in debt over $300 million, having no family. He couldn't sell out a fucking soccer stadium. It's a soccer stadium. He couldn't sell it out. Oh, that's because of uh, it was sold out technically. And this is uh, technically my ass. It's 27,000 people. Couldn't sell it out. It's a joke. You knew right there he was fucked. I don't know why anyone didn't, like, you know. And then you go, you go to a Charger game now, and it's 80% and it's for the other team. Oh, that happened in San Diego. No, it didn't. It happened when he kept pissing on us and saying, oh, I'm going to move, I'm going to move, I'm going to move. That era from 2004 to 2013, there wasn't opposing fans at the games. But they after that, 2014 to whenever he left, 2019, sure, because he kept pissing on us and telling us, Oh, if you don't give me my stadium, if you don't give me my money, then I'm going to fucking leave. Okay, good. You left. By the way, you helped the Padres, Dean. You helped them become the organization that they are now because I don't think they get the fan base that they have now. The fan base is just growing and growing because there ain't nothing else here. So, actually, 
the more I think about it, I mean, the more, if you would tell me, hey, Dean's going to leave the Padres because he left, the Padres are going to win a World Series, I would have signed up in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. And that was one of the saddest days when they left. I was like, fuck, dude, because the Padres sucked. And I was like, but I did come out and pretty much predict. I said, now Padres have a lot more pressure. You got to you gotta step it up. And they did. It just took a while. It just sucked that we were in our rebuild. You know, 2016 was our rebuild starting. And, you know, he left, what, 2017, I think. So, what have you. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft, and then I'm going to get out of here. It's three weeks away. There's been some trades. Um, Lawrence and Wilson are going to go one, two. So let's start with the 49ers. I'm shocked of what the 49ers gave up if they're going to draft Mac Jones. Um, I studied Mac Jones, you know, not too while, a couple days ago. I mean, he looks good. Like Bucky Brooks thinks he's like the worst quarterback ever. And uh, you can, if you know Bucky Brooks, you can see why, but, um, Bucky Brooks is fucking god awful of a, a draft analyst. He sucks. McShay sucks. Um, what's that other guy? Matt Miller sucks. I think Kuiper's okay. I think Daniel Jeremiah is okay. But it really, people that are really good is like if you want a real good guy, is Vach Lombardi. He's on. Go on YouTube and check out Vach Lombardi stuff. Um. You know, he's not on any television or any of that stuff, but he's really good. I think Kyle Posey's really good at his stuff. Like, those guys know what they're talking about. Most of these guys that, you know, I think Dan Bugler's okay. Uh, Lance Zerline's okay, whatever. But uh, I don't I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't take Mac Jones if I was the 49ers. I would probably take Trey Lance. But let's just, I mean, they just gave up so much to get a player like that. I was surprised. Like, if you're going to make that kind of trade, I would figure you're going to get Zach Wilson. And then if I'm the 49ers, why didn't, why didn't you just trade for Stafford? If you were willing to give up the 12th pick and two other first-rounders, I mean, I'm not giving up three first-rounders for Stafford, but why didn't you give up the 12th pick and next year's first-rounder for Stafford? Your team would have been... Super Bowl contender this year. Whoever you get this year, you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender with a rookie quarterback. Um, and your team is kind of ready to win now. So I don't understand why they didn't just go get Stafford and they would have given up a lot less. You gave up three first-rounders and a third-rounder for Mac Jones, possibly? I mean, that just seems weird. As far as Atlanta goes, if I was Atlanta, if you're not trading, if you're not drafting a quarterback... You definitely should trade out. If I was Atlanta, I would definitely take Trey Lance or Fields. I mean, Matt Ryan is god-awful. I've been saying this for years. He's got a water pistol of an arm. And every year, they just give him another first-rounder on the offense. I think last year he played with five first-rounders on the offensive line. He's had Julio Jones his whole career. He had Tony Gonzalez. He had... Rodney White. Then Rodney White leaves, and it's it's Calvin Ridley. Um... Uh, who, who's the inside slot guy? I'm drawing a blank. pretty good. Um, they've had running backs over the years. Michael Turner, you know, Todd Gurley's pretty much done. I mean, they, they can use a running back, but you can get that later. But, I mean, fuck, they've given him so many opportunities and so many weapons. Why not just take Trey Lance at four or Justin Fields? Both of those, I think Lance and Fields need to sit, both of them. 
and you know let Matt Ryan take the beating, get another top ten pick, and then play Fields or Lance next year and use that pick, you know, as probably a receiver because you or you know a defensive player let. You know, get rid of Julio Jones. You got to start over. Atlanta sucks. They fucking suck. And you don't have a quarterback. You're not going anywhere. You don't have a good young team. Either that or you got to trade out. And if you trade out, I mean, that's you could probably get a lot. I don't know who's really going to possibly going to trade up. Um, I could see Denver. I mean, Denver's in the spot because Carolina just traded for Sam Darnold. I don't understand trading for Sam Darnold being Carolina. Why didn't Why didn't you wait till? The draft, and then if one of those quarterbacks came, do you just draft one? And if not, then trade for Sam Darnold. I don't understand, but I guess they were kind of worried some other team would trade for Sam Darnold. I don't know. But um, Cincinnati at five. I think Cincinnati is going to take Jamar Chase, which is stupid. I would just take Sewell. I don't understand. But sounds like Joe Burrow's like, hey, I want Jamar Chase. And, like, they were unbelievable uh, you know, two years ago or last year, however you want to say it, the combination of Burrow to Chase was was phenomenal. But, I mean, fuck, if you could get a premier left tackle in Sewell, I would take Sewell. Miami's in a spot that I got a feeling they're going to trade back again with, like, Denver and get more picks. Um, but if they don't, I could see them either taking Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Personally, if I was Miami and Trey Lance or Fields are there, I would take one of them. And here's what I would do. I would let Tua play because I want Lance and Fields to sit anyway. Anyways, and if Tua balls, then you go, okay, now I'm going to flip Lance or Fields, right? You're going to say, well, you're not going to get the value of the sixth pick. Sure. You can get the 15th pick the following year for Lance or Fields. And then you know you have a franchise quarterback because Tua balled. Then if Tua doesn't ball, then you know that you need a quarterback anyways and you got another chance and you already have that problem most likely solved because you picked Lancer Fields. So that's what I would do if I was Miami. But, I mean, then you look stupid by taking Tua last year at five. But so what? Because you have so many fucking picks over the years and the years to come, that so what? I'd be like, whatever. We got two stud quarterbacks. We're going to let them battle it out. I mean, if you get a five-star quarterback in one recruiting class, do you not try to recruit another five-star? I mean, you do. So I don't I don't understand that. Like, why a team wouldn't do that. I mean, Arizona got rid of Rosen after one year. They were like, screw it. We're going with Kyler Murray. Right, so if I was Miami, I'd take a quarterback because they don't have one. Two is going to suck. I know it was only one year, but he's just going to suck. He looks small, and if he doesn't run, then he's going to suck. And that's what I said coming out of the draft. I was like, he's going to be good if he could run. But it doesn't look like he's going to be able to run, and he's going to get hurt if he runs. So he's going to suck. As far as Detroit goes, if Lancer Fields is there, I would definitely look at that. But I would look look to trade out if I'm Detroit with – with Denver, if Denver wants a quarterback, go back to nine, maybe get a second rounder, you know, from seven to nine, or, or maybe a third rounder, I don't know, third and fourth, something. And then if they have to pick, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be Sewell. If, if Pinanio Sewell's there, I hope Detroit takes Sewell. And if not, I would love 
in order. I love Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. And a lot of people would be like, you already got a tight end in Hawkinson. Kyle Pitts doesn't play. He, he's technically plays tight end, but he's going to be, to me, he's going to be a slot receiver from 20 to 20. And then he's going to be on the outside receiver inside the 20. And they're just going to throw jump balls like they, you know, t- uh, the Lions used to to Herman Moore. Kyle Pitts is a fucking animal. He's just a weapon. That's what he is. And look, if the Lions drafted Kyle Pitts, Pitts will be in with Hawkinson in every formation. They go three receivers, Pitts is in the slot, or he's on the outside. If they go double tight, well, you got two tight ends. They go four receivers, Pitts is probably in the slot. So, I don't... He's a receiver, in my opinion... That can block a little bit at tight end. If I'm Carolina, I look at Slater or um, Sewell. If one of them is there, I draft one of those. Broncos, I'm looking for Lancer Fields. And if I have to trade up, I'm trading up for one. Dallas, if Sewell or Slater, one of them's there, I take them. I doubt, well, Slater might be there, but I doubt Sewell's there. So I think uh, Dallas needs an O-line, but I think they'll end up with J.C. Horn, probably a corner. I think J.C. Horn is the best corner in the draft. Some people say Patrick Sertan. I mean, so be it. I think Horn makes more plays. The only thing with Horn is he gets a little handsy, and in the NFL, they're going to call pass interference. As far as the Chargers go, because I know some of you are still Charger fans, I would just look O-line. You know, the guard, Tucker from... USC is really good. You can play him at guard or tackle. And if you pick a guard at 13, that's fine. You don't want to pick a guard in the top 10 unless you think he's fucking the guy in the Colts from Notre Dame. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, You know, but that's fine at 13, taking a stud guard. I mean, the guy could play tackle. And, you know, versatility is great, especially on the old line. You know, like guy goes down, hey, we need you to play here for one or two weeks. You know, move them over to tackle, and you don't feel like you're just throwing out some stiff. Another thing I would look at if I'm the Chargers is cornerback. I think this is a great draft for cornerbacks. And I'd also look at Jalen Phillips if I'm the Chargers. You could have Bosa and Phillips coming off the edge. Ingram's done. He's obviously gotten old. So you need another edge rusher. Phillips would be a top 10 pick in this draft if it was if he didn't have medical concerns. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, Padre Twitter. I mean, maybe you should go ask those guys. They probably know if if Jalen Phillips is going to be okay. But he's had a bunch of concussions. Not a bunch, but he's had, had a few. And I think he took a year off. He took a year off at UCLA. UCLA, I don't think, cleared him. So there's a big concern there. But at Miami, he didn't, you know, play the whole year, didn't. Didn't have any concussion problems. So, all right. That's another Cash Betty podcast. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, you guys can give a review. I guess I'm supposed to say that, you know, at the end. Uh, maybe give me a five star or tell me I suck and I'm the worst on Padre Twitter. I don't care. All right. Till the next time. Good night now.